Welcome to the Heavy Hole. I'm Tom. And I'm Big Will, a.k.a. Uncle Buck. How do you do there? (laughs) (laughs) We got a very special episode tonight. (laughs) I got you on that one. We got a very special episode tonight. Our guest is none other than Paulo Paguntalan. Uh, People from the brutal death metal scene might remember him from his tenure in the band Cop Premises from New York City from 2001 to 2011. Uh, he appears on guitar on the Buckshot Facelift album Elder's Rasp, and he's uh, still getting over the traumatic experience of being in that band. He sang for Andromorphous Rexalia from 2007 to 2014. Forgot you may know that. him from his work in Senethrak, uh, if I pronounce that right, with Mick Barr, Colin Marston, and Weasel Walker. They have a new 2019 demo out. Uh, the band Gatsemini with uh, Ian Jackson, uh, members of Artificial Brain like Sam Smith, Nick McMaster, uh, and he's also a movie star, 2014. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sure. Okay, 2014, he was in River of Fundament by director Matthew Barney, man. Paulo Paguntalan, local death metal legend, thank you for joining us. How are you? Thank you so much. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, can you be in more shit? Credibility. I I don't know, man. And and I and I neglected to mention uh, half of the um, administrative force behind P2 Records. Oh, that's true. Yeah, the okay. other P. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so Paulo's got a lot going on. He's a death metal expert. I've known Paulo for a very long time. People who follow my music will recognize him as a, a, a frequent collaborator, uh, and also Artificial Brain's official Canadian singer. Yeah. Until they let me into Canada one sweet day, I might never go. I might, you know, you might have the lifetime position. <laughs> <laughs> they may they may kick me out, and you might be the official United States singer one day too. Oh Lord! <laughs> On a serious note, I guess I'm outnumbered by artificial brain vocalists tonight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I'll just I can't. <laughs> we'll work you what in somewhere. Where else can't you go? Uh, <laughs> depends. Maybe I got to go to a few places and get kicked out. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Well, maybe you'll see me on that tour. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, so we brought Paulo in. Uh, pa- Paulo, I've known Paulo a very long time, like I said, and he's always been an expert. Uh, in really obscure death metal from um, far off places, he's always had his ear to the ground and been a little ahead of the curve, uh, putting putting me and our other friends onto things. And we're doing a sp- we're going to bring him back uh, in the future for a full on interview and get into the nitty gritty of all his different projects and bands that he's been involved in. But we had to bring him in tonight as our special heavy hole global correspondent. And tonight he's going to be taking us on a spellbinding adventure through the world of ping death metal. Is that right, Paulo? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Ping it up. Ping, 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 ping. <laughs> As a matter of fact, your nickname on the streets here in New York is none other than Ping Diamond. Am I correct? That's that's true. All right, man. So we brought in Ping I Diamond. I, some some people at home are like, what is ping death metal? What's going on here? Um, Ping is basically, uh, in literal sense, the sound of the, the, the snare. Um, just like, like you know, the resonance when you hear it, hit it near the head. So it's like makes that like sound like when you hit like a, a basketball and against the the the, the floor and like, and that's <laughs> what right. like the ping yeah. is. And, uh. But like in this context, it's like bands like Brodick and Last Days Humanity. They are like the archetypal uh, ping bands, which is like very fast, like hyper blasting on the snare. And all you hear is basically like the guitars just being blurred out and just the snare just going like 320 BPM, like hyper ping. Ping, 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 
heavy hole resident idiot, uh, I learned so much from the guests that we have. And uh, on top of the ping terminology, I just learned I've been saying Brodequin wrong for about 12 years now. No, well, it's French, so you could say... I've been saying it Brodequin, but the way it rolls off your tongue is, uh, it's more natural. I feel like an asshole when <laughs> no, I say No, well, the thing is, like, I, I, I don't know, like, that we... That, that's how I read it, but in, it's like, it's, it's, it's a French word for boots. So how, like, the only proper way to say it is, like, if you actually speak French and... Right, like, and we're both removed from that. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so it's, it's like croissant. It's like, I say croissant, like croissant. Yeah, I say, I say bagel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's how we say croissant on Long Island. Bagel. So, all right, so does Ping begin with Brodekin? No, I, I don't think they do, but, like, they are, like, when... I think they brought, uh, they, they brought it to the forefront... Uh, when especially when the album came out, like uh, Festivals of Death, mm. where I think like um, at that time, the previous album, Instruments of Torture, it was more of a level of mixing. But for, for some reason, Festivals of Death just sounded like everything was buried except for the, the snare. It was kicked all the way up. And I, I remember hearing it for the first time. I was like, I, I spoke to the, the singer. It's like, dude, what's wrong with the... The mixing, how come it's so loud, the, the snare? And But for some reason, that caught on. And eventually, there's all these other bands that like tried to mimic it uh, uh, to have the sound. And it just has this very like obnoxious sound. And for some reason, I I'm, I gravitate towards it. And there's other people that like to gravitate towards it too. First track on the album, what is it called? Masatello? Masatello, yeah. It's blistering. Oh, dude, it starts off like, like a 0 to 90, like... Just hyper ping. Yeah, it, it, it's nuts. It's the way the way it sits in the mix, uh, how fast it is, how accurate it is. Yeah, there's uh, it's 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 kind of jarring, but it grooves all the way through in a, in a way. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Like you have to learn how to listen to it in a way. At the first, like it's a big shock because like the snare or the ping like really uh, caught you off guard. Then like you really have to pay attention to like oh there's actual riffs here, <laughs> and like oh there's vocals too. Like and when you finally like peel it off and, and finally discover it, it's like oh this is like a, a very like immersive recording and this kind of music is like it's it's not meant for everyone, you right. know. Uh, and I think it was like, a drummer's choice. Like I think like it's when you hear about like ping bands, the star of of that band is the drummer. Pretty incredible, like the way like a human being recorded that and it's like that's how fast they're 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 playing well i'm just talking about the fast bands but there's also like other like groovy slammy ping bands right so on that note would uh maybe cryptopsy and early brutal truth be proto ping bands oh dude totally totally i was just listening to um non so vile and the way like like uh flow cracks his uh 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 the snare mm-hmm. when he hits near the, the rim and like he does like some because he kind of feather blasts a little bit but like it kind of moves um so you hear like the snare hits move from the center towards the, the head i mean to the rim and it's like so organic mm-hmm. and they're definitely cryptopsy has that like that ping vibe yeah and carcass like recuperation it's so, such a poorly produced album but like for some reason there's people like to this day hear it and they say like dude i want that production what that shitty app like like production it, yeah. it, it's like dark throne like or, or mayhem like it's like yeah. back in the day it's like dude we recorded that so shittily with no money 
But same time, like kids these days or like, pe- people like to this day, like, no, I want that production, that shitty mm. production. Mm. And a lot of times, people back in the day, like, didn't know what they were doing and they didn't know how to mix. It just ended up sh- uh, uh, sounding that way. Right. And now, in the in a day of uh, so much technology for recording, all these crazy DAWs that are very reasonably priced, and getting superior drummer, and all these things that people do with production, it's surprising to find kids trying to do that now. Yeah. And it's. Uh, Think about it what you will, but there is a charm. Yeah. And, you know, that's the end of it. But, I mean, not, you know, justifies it. <laughs> I mean, definitely, even like, uh, there's this one band from Brazil called Animalistic, and it's a one man band, but it's like a drum machine band. But for some reason, he picked out a pink snare. Like, it's a drum machine. Yeah. <laughs> but he chose that sound. Yeah, of course. And it's, it's just crazy. Like, no, I don't want like the super clean snare. I want it to sound like. Yeah. All right. You know, still still talking about the history of Pink Death Metal, uh, educate us. What are the three U's? Oh, the three U's. United Guttural, Unique Leader, and Unmatched Brutality. Those labels really, like, are from America, and they really were prominent. Late 90s, early 2000s, bring up, like, this blue death metal scene. Unique Leader, which is Eric Lindmark, rest in peace, rest from Deeds of Flesh. Mm-hmm. Unmatched Brutality is the gentleman who plays in Burdequin. Yeah. What's his name? Uh, ja- Jamie Bailey and Jamie Mike Bailey, Bailey yeah. the yeah. brothers. Right, right. And what was what was the other one? United Guttural. Yeah, okay. United Guttural was uh, Rich Lipscomb who played in Flesh Grind. Mm-hmm. United Guttural was the first one of all the, the yeah. other labels. That was a big movement in the late 90s that I remember as well. And um, that was like the, the real marking of that, that Midwest uh, brutal death metal scene kind of coming of age and like the New York death metal style also. And everything kind of came to a head and the United States brutal death metal scene nowadays people almost take it for granted you know slam and brutal death metal and guttural gory death metal but in the in the late 90s it was a movement that i think was death metal uh moving away from the early 90s into into right. its own thing um and and yeah those those three labels were definitely there and as we're going to find out ping death metal is very american influenced even overseas in a lot of yeah. countries it's influenced by that that late 90s american movement of death metal right yeah definitely like all these labels have very important bands, and for United Guttural, the two most prominent uh, bands for uh, United Guttural is Malignancy and Devourment. Wow, okay, so heavy hitters. Yeah, definitely well, very influential. Both yeah. still around today, too. Mm-hmm. So, w- with that, like, like when you listen to Devourment, like also another band that has a like very um, grindy, uh, uh, blurry guitar sound, but the, the what really kicks out. Uh, um, picks out on the, on the recording are the vocals and the 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 drumming. You hear like a, a Wayne Nomps or or, or Ruben Wusas vocals, like just beefy vocals. Then Bradley's like like a hyper fucking crazy uh, uh, drumming. Hey, and I I don't know who was the first one to do it historically, but I believe Devourment. That was the first time I ever heard the. Um what do you call it? the gravity blast? The grrr, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Were yeah. they were the first ones to do that, to your knowledge? I honestly am not sure. Like, I think I I watch videos with him. He does the, the two two handed ones, mm-hmm. but it's still like jarring to to hear. It was different when it came out. It was like people weren't doing that, and it was a new kind of blast and a new kind of uh, r- you know rhythmic part of the of the uh, the band. Yeah, it gets used a lot now, though. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like joke bands that are YouTube bands, like. Uh, Infinite Annihilator and stuff that just kind of abuse like you know what people are doing 
in actuality and then do it with a drum machine and it's like there's a more common understanding of that amongst metalheads I suppose but at the same time there are guys who are actually doing that shit and it's fucking nuts you know? and, and that's the the really wonderful thing it, 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 I, I, I'll touch on it a little bit but like it's a weird thing about like like people I, I personally I personally like take pleasure knowing like when I hear someone blast like Brodigan that hurts to play yeah, <laughs> so like, yeah. I, it's so like gratifying to know like oh that he's not gonna be able to like uh, uh, party tonight after the show. Yeah, you know? he's going to bed. Yeah, because exactly. he's an athlete. Ex- Drummers exactly. are the athletes. That's right. And, and yeah. death metal, that's certainly true. So, so the three U's are those labels. What are uh, let, what what about um, unique leader records? What are just you know briefly a few bands that are really important to this movie? The most important, of course, is Deeds of Flesh. Mm-hmm. Um, and Disgorge. Okay, Disgorge, uh, California, California, for clarification. Definitely. Because, yeah. like, they, under the umbrella, they influence, like, all these uh, uh, technical and tight bands. But, like, they're very, like, uh, uh, in the same time, like, I don't want to go off on a little tangent here, but, like, what do you guys, when you think of brutal death metal, what do you think? Like, does suffocation fall under brutal death metal? Or, like, I, I would say yes, yeah, suffocation does. Yes, uh, I, I would. I would agree. I, I would also say that suffocation has influenced a few of the different offshoots of death metal at this point. Right. Yeah, that's that's you know, a good way. But yeah, brutal it. death metal. I mean, because if you really think about it, when suffocation came along, what was there anybody else really doing brutal death metal? You know, they, I mean, I'm sure there were other bands in that style, but they they kind of rose to prominence. And they, you know, they they were playing and touring and, and a, a bigger band, like competing with the bands that were maybe more from the um, the classical era of death metal. Mm-hmm. You know, so. the, re- the reason why I bring it up is because like I had an argument with with the, the, my friends about this is that like Suffocation is a death metal band, but it's brutal. But like when you think about brutal death metal, like, like actual brutal death metal, I think of Diesel Flesh and Disgorge because. Nothing really sticks out as like memorable. I, I, I don't want to say like a bad thing, but it's like like you you hear like suffocation, you hear that you know instantly there's there's riffs. But when like when you hear like Caligorge, I'm sorry, uh, this gorge, it's monotonous. We can keep saying Caligorge. I like yeah, that. Yeah, oh, okay. that's actually a good distinguishment. Yeah. yeah, but when you hear like these of flesh, like nothing really like just pops out right away. But like what? Is prominent about those bands in Unique Leader is that the pummeling relentlessness of just like just beating you, and that's why like I think like those bands like Diesel Flesh and 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 Disgorge are very important in the brutal death metal ping world because it's not about like it's it's not about memorial uh, to be memorable, it's about like just beating you. Yeah, it's like setting a mood, and it's a, right. It's a, I, it's a tremendous mood, but it is a mood. Right. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. And what I was saying about suffocation being responsible for, like, many of the, the offshoots of death metal, that's where you go. Is like, the, suffocation is also responsible in a lot of ways for uh, modern tech death. Mm-hmm. And the, the thing about what you're talking about, uh, you know, Cali Gorge, Deeds of Flesh, those bands, I think they were a generation after suffocation. Right. And what they did was was they extrapolated just the brutality and, ju- and just that, you know, component of suffocation and and uh, stepped that up in their own way, and and, yeah. and and improved, and you know evolved that for their generation in a way. Whereas other people were busy, maybe taking out the technical component, and you were getting more of the tech death stuff. So you know, it's uh, that that's just the the way a lot of scenes develop is people will kind of take one element of a very influential band and explore that. You know, first band that came to mind for me 
it was defeated sanity, but now I'm kind of thinking not so much that. I, because because they are brutal, but is is it really the overall definition of the band? Dude, defeated sanity is such a special, a very, very special uh, uh, topic because they, like, what they, like, you heard the, the split they did it with themselves? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Dude. Wild. And they're innovators, and they're like artists of yes. death metal, you know? Yeah. They know their shit. Like they really like respect the, the craft that is called death metal, mm-hmm. and the thing is like that's the funny thing is like when you listen to like the the previous albums before the split, it just sounds like monotone brutal death metal. But dude, in the same time, like you 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 clear that up. Those guys could play their fucking instruments, and they proved it with the the the, the tech side, which is like the cynic atheist. Pestilent side. I feel like their earlier releases definitely gets a little muddied up, but when they did uh, Passages to Deformity, that was kind of like them getting way more technical, but not losing any of that brutality. Right. And that that's another band that like knows how to use ping. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, snare drum just like... Uh, Dude, yeah. <laughs> well, that, like, that's like, what Defeated Sanity does, is they have a whole toolbox of death metal. And they know where to put each each component of it, man. They're they're yeah. masters of their craft. You're right about that. Like there's just one breakdown in, in, in the last album, Verbladung, uh, I think the song. And what's about to hit? Like he usually hits in the center, but like but like when the the, the breakdown happens, he hits it on the the rim. The rim. Shot. Yeah. Oh my god! I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Lily Gruber has some of the best rim shots. Yes. I swear to God, like he knows what um, he's doing. Yeah, that song Naraka that starts out with that weird like bass part and then goes right. into the blast beats, and then as soon as that fucking breakdown part starts and the vocalist comes in and he's just hitting that fucking snare on the quarters and he's just like, oh, oh, yeah, dude, <laughs> yeah. Is, what, what Paulo said too about them doing, uh, you know, ping kind of monotone death metal and then doing that split and really showing off their skill and their talent. It, it reminded me of uh, something Tom said in the genre episode about Jackson Pollock versus. Um, Picasso and how Picasso uh, had the you know the ability and the talent to do a lot, a lot more uh, form and 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 uh, you know conventional illustration, but he, he chose to do what he did. That's you know there's a parallel there to what you're talking about with defeated sand. They have the chops, they have the talent, the skill to play uh, you know funk if they want or, or jazz or something. But you know they're they're going in with with the brutal death metal because they're they're pingheads, man. Yeah. So uh, so before before we get off this angle of it. Where does Wormed fit in? Oh, dude. Oh, that's kind of cool that you brought up. Cause like, Well, in my head, Defeated Sanity and Wormed are like almost two sides of a coin in death metal right now. Right. Because they're like innovative. They're at the forefront of things. They've achieved a certain amount of credibility and popularity. And um, they're, they're, they don't sound alike, but but they, they're in the same neighborhood for me. And I enjoy the same things about them. Yeah, they, they those... Worm definitely like when you when they first started out with the demo, then the the, the promo voxomitosis, then the planisferium, the drummer uh, they had there I forgot his name but um he was a very jazzy drummer and a very like organic style drumming and he was very loose and you hear him fiddle blast at times but the thing is like he pings it up a a, a, a lot and. Worm is one of those bands that like they also understand the craft, but like with them like upping their 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 production value, they understand that like all right this like people will basically gravitate towards you simply because like you have a better sounding product. Yeah, true. Yeah, 
I mean, yeah, the um, like we were talking about before, how people are seeking this old school production. Um, they might be seeking it for the wrong reasons, mm-hmm. in a way. If it, you know what I mean? Where it's um, production is secondary to songwriting. Songwriting is very important. Yes. So if you're if you're seeking to make something that sounds like this Brodequin album, Festivals of Death, that's fucking fantastic. But how are your songs written beforehand? Right. Are you just using that as a filler? The fact that you can just you have a really fast drummer. Mm. Um, so I think Wormed is a good example of a band who stays as brutal as they does and constantly ups the production. Definitely. And, and yeah, they do. They do sit in that ping. And ping, uh, style. That the ping style. About. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But the thing also about like Worm is that like what's really like like they know that like they respect the genre. Is that the fact that like to this day they haven't like lost the the gutturalness? Because mm-hmm. if you remove that, the the guttural vocals, they could be even bigger than they are now. Yeah, that's one of the things I really like about them too. Is is they um, I feel like they almost give me a little bit of credibility as long as they hang in there with the guttural vocals. Yeah. Because <laughs> people make such a joke out of the the guttural vocals over the years and now I I mean maybe nowadays people don't even realize because guttural vocals have a lot of credibility because of bands like Wormed um, and and maybe you know even Demolik coming back and and, uh, what Matty Way was doing with Discord's Cali but for a long time that type of vocals was not accepted people did not like that in the 90s and the early 2000s even even still to this day like people look down upon it but the thing is that's such a big characteristic of this genre that it's like if you take it away it's like Dude, like you're really taking away the soul of it, uh, of, of brutal death metal, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, wow. Dude, like, like instantly, like uh, when I heard cranial uh, impalement, Matty Way's vocals, it's so wet and beefy, and it's just like <laughs> instantly that was my hook. Everything else is secondary. The album starts with that, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. just yeah. blasting that into the microphone. That's yeah, ballsy, dude. actually, to start the album like Anything, Matty Way could sing on anything, and, and I will listen to it. Same. I will check it out, give it a chance. It doesn't matter what it is or who it is. There's, like, I, I won't name names, but there's bands that I've, I've never even tried to check out, and Matty Way could do a guest spot, and I'll check it out, you know? You know, I have a friend who I recently was, like, playing some music around, and, uh... I forget what I was playing. That's not important. But something like clicked in his head. He doesn't listen to death metal at all. Mm-hmm. But he he pointed out to me that he was just like, oh, well, this is... It's not just a voice. It's an instrument. This, like, this needs right. to sit in the mix for this reason. And it, like, almost dawned on someone who doesn't listen to death metal. He's not going to go home and listen to death metal because of that all of a sudden. But if you have a hard time rapping... A, your head around what the vocals are doing stop doing that and just kind of take it in because it's an instrument you don't understand the guitars you don't understand the drums of anything you know so why pretend right it's just it's just part of the atmosphere you know in in a lot of ways it's Um, a crucial part it's it's you know it's a complex thing but before we get um get too far away on on the uh where where vocals uh and death metal uh have their have their place that could be a whole nother episode we've talked about um some of the more refined technical musicians who really master their craft uh, and, and and how production value can really influence whether people listen to something. What about the raw end? Where does gore grind affect ping? That- so, I, I, after Unique Leader, Unmatched Brutality is the third U, and it's the one of the, the, the newer labels of the, the, of the three U's. And basically, the, like their logo says, their slogan, I'm sorry, faster, sicker, better. 
and Brodekin basically like strip everything down and just like all right like this gorge has this like you know you could still hear like some some of the the technicality and and diesel flesh but like Brodekin basically said like let's be honest about ourselves let's just like like play what we want and what came out was like very influenced by Gorgrant, which is like Sublime Cadaver of the Composition, Last Day's Humanity, uh, Dead Infection, and those kind of bands. It's like, if you think about it, Gorgrant is death metal, except it's more stripped to the bone, and where like solos are taken out, and it's like whatever like extra filler shit is stripped down to like two seconds. Yeah. That's what Gorgrant is, it's death metal, but like it's stripped down to two seconds. Like you, you, you listen to like Dead Infection, um, Surgical Disembowelment, Fucking death metal, dude. But it is gore grind. It's like stripping down the meal that is a death metal band into like a happy meal or, or a yes. lunchable. Right. And that's the, you're just getting the basic essence of it. Yeah, and it's like at the, the most like core of this of, of this genre. But what Brodekin did was like they had the chops also to to pull it off with like all right like this guy is using effects. Let's not use effects on our vocals. And let's like blast as fast as this band, now, even faster. It's basically like, like their slogan: faster, sicker, better. Yeah. And they had their their own theme, Brodekin, which is like old medieval torture, and it really reflects on the sound of that. And Brodekin, I think, is a very pivotal uh, part when it comes to like pink, the, the pink community, because um, even though at first like it, it sounds like I I I remember like, the first time like. They came out like, oh, you like Brodekin? Like, you mean like Bordequin? Because <laughs> like, it's it's such a monotone style of music, right? And it's like for you to to show it to someone who's not really like well like digested. They haven't really digested that kind of genre. It's it's hard to to get into. But like Brodekin is, dude. There's some really sick, evil riffs there. They're very dark. Yes. I believe um, what you were saying before about the lyrical content. Jamie Bailey, he's a uh, he has a degree in, I think in history. He does. Yeah, uh, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So between that and the gutturals being so low, you can you have to read the lyrics, but they're informed. They're they're smart. Yeah, as as crazy as they are, he knows what he's talking about. Oh yeah. And reading them, that's beautiful. But yeah, like you said, it's a monotone sounding thing, but only if you don't know extreme music. Right. Like exactly. they they have flavor in those in those riffs. Like methods of execution is way more dynamic than Festival of Death. Mm-hmm. But to anyone else, you would still get that. This sounds boring, right? In in that in that respect, it's yeah. not. It's fantastic. It's yeah. great writing. Um, what also like uh, uh with with Brodekin, um, there's another thing like like crazy about them is that, like, the fact when. When Chad Walls left the band and they got this this dude John Engman, he introduced a special uh, um, flavor to them. And at that time, like John wasn't really doing his his noise thing uh, 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 all out, but like the last the, the last track. Uh, I'm sorry, the, not the last track. The, the oh yeah, the title track for uh, Methods of Execution and Liturgy. I know that he does like ambient noises parts. So introducing the noise. Parts in in the brutal death metal community is is like you're taking it to the extreme. Also, it's mm-hmm. like you think like you know like that morbid angel short like 
extreme music for extreme people. Dude, yeah. John Engman was like extreme already from the get go because he was like into <clears throat> Merzbow, Incapac, uh, 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 Atrax Morgue, yeah. all, all that really like harsh noise. Like so, and I, I remember reading one of those like his interviews in SickDrummer.com. Is that like what? Who? What are your influences? And he said the agoraphobic nosebleed drum machine. <laughs> that's fucking hilarious. That's that's crazy because like he doesn't even want like anything human. He wants like. To, to Im- like be influenced by something inhuman, and that's another thing about brutal death metal is that like it's it's not meant to be human. That's why like you you have the the vocal style mm-hmm. of it's just sounding inhuman. That's what people like forget that like it's not meant to be human. And and that's something interesting that you brought up is that now we're getting to a point where pitch shifter vocals have happened and they're now influencing regular vocals. There's guys going up exactly. there without vocal effects who are trying to sound something like a pitch shifter vocalist you know yes. what i mean they're just going for zero pronunciation wild depth wild rabid kind of sound of their vocals you mentioned john engman wanted to sound like a gorephobic nosebleed uh nose a gorephobic nosebleeds drummer uh drum machine and you mentioned uh he incorporated elements of experimental noise into right. rural death metal those that's something that i think m- most famously i don't know who who else did it but Merzbow's collaborations with Gorbion Necropsy in the 90s, and more mm-hmm. recently he collaborated with Full of Hell just a few years ago. So that's something that was prominent in the grindcore scene. Gorbion Necropsy, arguably even a gore grind band. And those are three different elements from the grindcore scene that John Engman was trying to bring over, or at least two that John Engman was trying to bring over. And the vocals is something that, you know, generally speaking, a lot of ping bands are trying to do natural vocals that are influenced by pitch shifter vocals. Right. So on that note, we're talking about all the grindcore and gore grind influences on Ping. Here's a band that kind of, in my opinion, sits on the fence between gore grind and death metal. You tell me, uh, if any, what influence they have on all this stuff. Disgorge Mexico. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I. All right. Another thing going back, like I had this argument with my friends. Um... Mexigorge. That's uh, what I call them. Yeah, we have Cali, I love it. Cali, Cali Gorge, Gorge and Mexigorge. Mexigorge. <laughs> I mean, it's that's what we say, right? Congratulations, yeah. bands. You have your own names now. <laughs> I believe there's an Australia Gorge somewhere. Or yeah, something. yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, but well, that's a whole that's a whole other episode. Yeah. So 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 Mexigorge and Ping Death Metal. Right. Um, Mexigorge definitely has the Gorgon aesthetic, even the production. But they're to me they're a death metal band because like they have the structures. They have moments where they break off and do leads. Yes. So that's still like a very aesthetically, like like I mean, like uh, uh, structure-wise, very death metal. But the look, the production, and they're trying to reach something that is kind of like we want to be more brutal. So like the most brutal thing back then was like was was gore grind. So like they're trying to to get get that, and even doing splits with with squash battles. Yeah, they they were yeah they were like that's what I mean is they, they their their soul was a gore grind band, right? But um, their their musicality and their songwriting just had that kind of an old school death metal influence that they couldn't let go of. Yeah, like there's like Finnish death metal moments like uh, uh, Rancid Battle Sarcoma. Yeah. Yeah. It's so dark. That's like, dude, amorphous. And something that I always love about Disgorge Mexico or, or Mexigorge, we're saying now, is you have you know you have these all out blurry noise, almost like noise core or, or, or proto ping death metal moments, and then it just stops. And there's a moment of clarity with those doomy breakdowns with super melodic leads that sound evil. There's yeah. just there's something it, it gives it so much more power when it, it is like the little calm in the storm and in, in the middle of the storm or something. You know what I mean? Exactly, dude. Like when when all that blur happens and just stops and like, it's 
sorry for repeating everything you just said. No, it's, uh, thank you. Thank you for agreeing. <laughs> Dude, it's it's like, it really like, that's what dynamics is sometimes. Like, what other, like, this is what, like, like this gorge kind of forgets. And, 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 and Deeds is like, or like the other brutal death metal bands is like, you need to have darkness to be, no, not just to be brutal, but like, mm-hmm. and that's what Mexico Gorge did. They brought that, like, uh, um, uh, the evil, evil sound, like, like, you're you're about to die uh, mm-hmm. feeling and and that's what like uh like a lot of these uh, um brutal death metal bands uh, uh didn't do well compared to like Maxi Gorge right so controversial question here let me hit you now we're talking about the evolution of ping of ping death metal talking about where disc where Maxi Gorge fits in where does viscera infest fit in and what did they bring to the game uh 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 that Discord Mexico didn't. What what did that? What step did they add there? They're still a death metal band to me. Like they mm-hmm. they, they basically like are following the footsteps of Mexicorge in my opinion, because um, they still have the structure. But what they did is like here's the thing too. There's videos of of of, uh, of the guitarist of the main guy playing dissection uh, uh, um, songs on on YouTube. Mm-hmm. The guy can play actual like you know like uh, 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 pretty parts right but he chose to have the production to follow okay. uh, forensic so this is a common theme now having the talent having the chops choosing to go a, a certain path right yeah but the thing is like with these guys it's like they want to be loyal to the the to the or- original uh, um band to disgorge that they're willing to sacrifice their own riffs to fit the mold. Right, not exactly serving their own writing purposes and trying to fit into a, their own their own thing, like you say, their own mold. But, I mean, to me, that's a little strange. Yeah. When a band is loyal to a concept, I get that. And, you know, give the leniency. Mm-hmm. And I'll listen still. But at the same time, wouldn't you want to make your own sound? Yeah, I mean, like the thing is, like I think where Viscera Infest does well is that the fact that like they play shows especially here in America right where like um, when they they that's that's where they bring it and the, even the live footage of them uh, uh, um, you could hear the riffs like they, the, the all the, the music you could hear it mm. better than better on the li- on the recording the recording right which is crazy and this isn't to talk shit about anyone I'm just pointing it out like what kind of you know dedication do you need to have you know what I mean? Yeah, it's crazy. That's, it's also that's crazy. I mean, you know, we talked about how um bands took certain certain elements of suffocation like Deeds of Flesh or or Cali Gorge and um just just kind of focused and enhanced like that brutal aspect. So I think maybe in my opinion what Viscera Infested is they took that uh death metal side of of Mexigorge and they focused on that a little bit and maybe they they lost just a little bit of the gore grind and the noise core and the um that kind of like rabbit off the leash quality. I think they refined it a little bit. Yes. And they, because um, because when you when you take something, because with Discord Mexico, maybe that was just uh, the you know the drummer uh, Willie was the drummer of of Mexicorge. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know maybe those were just elements of his style that were unrefined and and you know he he was not to, not to use the word sloppy, but he was a very raw drummer. Uh, maybe that was the production that was available to them. You know I'm, the, these might not have been exactly conscious choices but for Visser Infest these are all conscious, conscious. choices exactly. they're, they're going back and re-examining and rethinking things that maybe weren't 
maybe where, where happenstance for Mexigorge, you know? And Visser Infest is trying to recreate history in a way. And when you do that, you you focus and you hone in on certain aspects of it. Like their drummer, their, uh, oh. their drummer was talking about how he doesn't smoke weed because he doesn't smoke weed. It's low speed. It slows him down, yeah. Low speed, he said. You know what I mean, yeah. man? So he's, you know, like... Yeah, but that's just a joke. But that's to show you, man. The guy's focused on speed. He's all about that, you know, that that hyper blasting thing. Right. You know, if anything, he's he's like, uh, you, you know, he's try, he's like a young athlete that wants to surpass the older athlete that oh, he looks totally. up to. You know, so that's that's where what I see Visser Infest doing. And um, do what you love. It's, it's yeah. awesome. And, and yeah. maybe now we're talking about Visser Infest and this kind of next generation. What about bands uh, from from far away? I know Indo- Indonesia factors in very heavily. Are we getting there yet? Oh yeah, de- definitely. Okay, like, so, so. Uh, I, I I sneaked a peek over there. I cheated. I looked at your notes, man, and I see two words that are very near and dear to me: bloody gore. Okay. Bloody gore is is such a big part of the Indonesian the Indonesian scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't really remember how I well, what website it was, but like. Um, there were this is back in the day, in like the early two thousands, when like you have real player, you don't have on YouTube. Like there's a website like Bloodsuck, I think, or <laughs> okay, and and you just like try to listen to this really like, like shitty bit rate, like ninety six, and like you hear this, but like but you know what cuts out? It's the fucking ping. Right. Like all, besides all the wishy-washy thing, the ping cuts ass. Like so, yeah. I'm gonna order this demo. Right, it cuts through the sample rate enough to get you excited. Exactly. So I was like, this is this is fast. So I'm like, all right, I gotta get this. <laughs> so I I remember like picking up bloody gore, and this is you have to like I didn't have PayPal at that time, and I would send money, concealed money to Indonesia, and wait for like like over a month to get like your cassette and. Dude, what, like, what year is this? This is probably like uh, 2000, because like the, the demo came out in 1999. Okay. Uh, Stench of perver- Your Perversions mm-hmm. was the, the demo. And, dude, like, I think Bloody Gore was one of those uh, uh, few starter bands that, like, somehow was, like, um, got into the radar of, of these other American labels. And they, they kind of got what's called... Um, they were the, the, the underground name for Indone- Indonesian bands. They were like very prominent. Um, even like this this Belgian label Yuxicon Records, who put out also the aborted the first aborted album. Okay. Put out their second EP, and from there, like I think, like they kind of to me carried uh, all these other Indonesian labels. I mean Indonesian bands, and the main guy of, of Bloody Gore. Uh, Ryu, I think is his name, and I think it's like he passed away recently. Like, well, back in not recently, he, he passed away uh, a couple of years back. But like, he ran this label called Rotravor Records, and it housed a bunch of like other Indonesian bands. So you know, when you get like a, um, a, a cassette, it comes with a catalog, and like you just like you have the other Indonesian bands there, like which is like Total, uh, Total Rusak. Um, what was the other one? Six uh, Sakubur, Brutal Corpse, Disinfected, and Eternal Madness, and and like going back to like you you, you listen to the the, the production and it's like really like unpolished and like these guys like probably didn't have a lot of money so like they just they were just getting by to what they have 
Well, they named he named his label Rotravore Records. Yes. So just for the listeners, for anyone who doesn't realize, Rotravore is a classic American brutal death metal band from Pennsylvania uh, that was very ahead of the curve of all the stuff we're talking about. Um, super low guttural vocals, just like real sewage production, and they what were they like early nineties? They were early 90s. they were one of the first bands really on, on that um, kind of like brutal East Coast guttural death metal vibe, and very influential. And they are st- I see them getting a little more shine nowadays, right? Uh, with with the, the the resurgence of of that kind of like early nineties death metal. I see people getting into their stuff. I, I believe some of their stuff has been repressed and all that. So so just to name the label after the the American band Rotravor, it shows you the influence of brutal American death metal and. What you're saying, they had this raw production. It, it just sound, it just that that kind of drives home the point, right? But but not to interrupt you. Go ahead. Yeah, it, it, you know it's fucked up. I found out about Rotravor, the band, because of the label. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, because also back in that time period, Rotravor was was six feet under. They were buried. Right. They you know they Rotravor had broken. The only reason I knew about them was because um you know a friend of the show Adam Rotella. Uh, as everyone knows, got me into all this stuff, and he had the original Rotravor demos and Seven Inches. So I was fortunate that I had him making me tapes of all that stuff. But they, that was a band that nobody heard of unless you were really, you know, knee deep in, in the underground um, until maybe the re-releases came out. That's not the only uh, Indonesian record label you're going to talk about, right? No, uh, there's this other label called uh, Extreme Souls Production. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the reason why they're uh, being brought up in this conversation. Is because they licensed a lot of the American uh, brutal death metal bands like Brodekin, Disgorge, Mexigorge, and uh, Wretch. So all that like U.S. style or brutality uh, from American brutality and Unique Leader is now being brought through like Indonesian and f- uh, the Indonesian scene, mm-hmm. and it funnels that influence is funneled through you know the, the bands there. Yeah, and, and in that region, if I'm not mistaken, bootlegging is like a huge thing. Oh, right? definitely. Yeah. And and it's, it's it's now like the thing is like the, the funny thing you mentioned is that like they've tried to compensate like overcompensate like the Indonesian scenes like no we're we're no longer like a bootleg like they have this like bad rep. Allegedly, I should yeah. have said allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> no, but like yeah, yeah it, oh, okay. Definitely, like they, they they had this like reputation. Mm-hmm. Also, the, the Philippines had like a reputation like because like it's it's hard like um, you know. Uh, being being somewhere there like you're not really familiar with and like, mm-hmm. doesn't really have a lot of like a wide audience people are usually like you know, are shady on that so now it, to these days the best brutal death metal shirts are being printed in indonesia like there's like a brutal mind and, and like old american bands are getting their their stuff printed and it's even better than one of being like the quality yeah you see that really? on social media a yeah. lot Actually, um, Gutter Christ, uh, I know, gets merch from time to time from from some of those sources. That's he gets like those uh, the the snapback caps with the artwork all over him. Right. He, had, he had like Gorgasm socks at one point and yes. shit. Like, like yeah. So I don't know exactly. I don't know if, if he definitely got them from Indonesia, but I know uh, they they come up with some fly merch out there. Yeah. Definitely, like um, they're they're definitely compensating for like their bad reputation, and like they're they're legit about it. Like they have like uh, uh, amazing. Uh, there's a also a merch culture there too that like they're they're willing to spend a lot of money on on dude it's a fucking hot place but you're wearing long sleeves and and hoodies like (laughs) what the fuck dude i'm sweating my balls off you know but like no like i gotta see what's called like like gorgasm multiple times on my sleeve over here (laughs) maybe maybe we gotta make like bucket hats and uh tank tops you know but dude like yeah exactly dude it's crazy like uh uh, with, with indonesia and 
And there's another label here in America that like kind of like, because since the Indonesian label had like a, a bad rap, uh, or you know it, it didn't get like the respect that it had. But there's one label here uh, uh, in the early 2000s, well mid 2000s, which is like um, Barrett from Severed Records actually signed a bunch of Indonesian bands like Jasad, mm. and for him like he didn't really care like where you come from. He only cared that like you sound brutal. And that's what that's what it is. Like Severed had this like I, I feel like uh, uh, Severed Records is like kind of like underrated. That, that the fact that like they they also brought in what's called un, and got like the Indonesians stock here in America. Because like if it's it's hard to get like stuff from Indonesia, so like, you need like an American distro to get it. And he yeah. was the the man t- to to get and, it. And this was also before uh, digital downloading and Bandcamp and all that was, was full swing. And and just to recap now, so uh, what was the Jasad was the band you talked Jassad, about? Yeah. Now, if I'm not mistaken, that's a long running Indonesian band going back to like 1990, right? Probably. Yeah, yeah. I, I did a little research before this show, and that's one of the things I did learn. And also, so just to recap, what you're talking about is the brutal American bands such as uh, Disgorge, Deeds of Flesh, Brodekin. There, those releases are licensed to Extreme Souls Productions in Indonesia. Yeah, and 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 uh, that helps a lot of a lot of this proliferation of American style brutal death metal in Indonesia. Right. And now you have Barrett and Severed Records, an American label, bringing Indonesian music. Uh, into his label and releasing it on his American label. Yes. So there's an extreme cross-pollination back and forth going on with this stuff. And this is also now at uh, the dawn of the internet age for death metal because the early 2000s is when we started coming out of the AOL chat rooms and you started seeing file sharing and, and things like that take a lot more prominence. Um, you know, not as much as we have today, but it was it was definitely uh, kind of the, the beginning of the, of the fading away of the male scene. You know. Yes, exactly. So severed records. Now we're, we're up. We're up to severed records bringing Indonesian uh, bands back in, into the, um, the American uh, market. You're right, but like across the world, if you if you, if you reverse the flag of Indonesia, which is like red on top and white on the bottom. Oh, I know what that is. <laughs> Go you for reverse it. it, then you get like white on top and red on the bottom is the Polish flag. Yes, Polska. Polska, uh-huh. yeah. Maros Marsha Broski. So now you have the, the, the like in the early, kind of going a little back, like the early 90s and, and the mid you know, the mid 90s, like you have like bands like Dead Infection, mm. Squash Bells, yes. the raw production and like they're, these are Gorgram bands that had like also like they didn't know like you know you, you don't know what you're doing you just like you just have the, the will to do it so they they basically influence like Poland influenced the, the neighboring uh, um, Eastern European countries and can you just imagine the, the, the fact that like in in the eighties, just like a decade before, like that was the the Iron Curtain was there, and like mm-hmm. you can't have like Western music, right? And then like all of a sudden, dude, like you have fucking gore grind in Poland. How crazy is that, dude? Yeah, just pouring in, just just pouring in. Yeah, some of the most aggressive music on the face of the planet. Like. Yeah, and I, I'm not uh, totally well versed in the Polish scene. I know a little bit of my history. Dead Infection, one of my favorite bands, but um, I mean, really, when you get back to the early '90s, who was there? there? I mean, obviously, there's Vader, right? You know, like the iconic, uh, you know, national death metal band of Poland, Vader. <laughs> uh, does, I don't know if Behemoth goes back that far. They, look, where like they, they come right uh, back 
behind them. Uh, 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 when they started off, they had more of a black, black metal, metal sound, right. and there yeah. was there was they were slightly controversial within the scenes because they blended the black metal sound with the death metal sound, and mm-hmm. people do not like that, especially back then. Back the then, nineties, like issue, it's, yeah. you know, when they now it's straight theater with them. Yeah, they've done their time. Yeah, they <laughs> yeah. really have. Yeah. You know? So so. Uh, yeah, so just getting back to you talking about Dead Infection and Squash Bowels, I don't know that there's a lot of bands going back that far in Poland besides those two that, uh, that I yeah, know about. I, and, and for some reason, like, yeah, same here. But that kind of influence also to the, the neighboring uh, um, Eastern European countries, which is Czech Republic or Czech, Czechoslovakia, mm-hmm. then you have a band called Pathologist, which is mm-hmm. also like a very good, like, dude, like a lot of, this, this, I have a friend who's a big Gorgram fan, and he even prefers Pathologist over Carcass. That's I, I could see that, right. especially, um, I'm very partial, obviously, to the vocals. They have that yes. soupy, you know, guttural, froggy, burpy kind of vocal, man. Pathologist is such a great band. And also, this might be a good point, just if we could segue for a second, yeah. Paulo, because I've told a few people about this. Could you explain the disparity in the re-release of the, of the <sighs> Pathologist CD? And the different labels involved. Just for anyone who's checking this out, because some people do listen to new music as a result of this show and purchase releases. So just give a recap of what's going on with that situation. So this is this is very 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 weird about Pathologist. Like um, they've gotten their 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 albums, like the first two albums, re-released uh, uh, along with with demos. But the weirdest thing about it is that like uh, one of the first few uh, re-releases is that it's kind of sped up. And to, to cram the other bonus tracks. So they were trying to fit it onto a CDR, and they to, had to a limited, CD. Yeah, yeah. And so they had limited time, and they were trying to squeeze it onto the seventy-two minutes or something like that. Some, something like that. Wow. They, they sped up Gorgrind. Very practical. I, I guess they figured no one would realize because the vocals are already kind of low. I don't know. Yeah. Well, now they do that on <laughs> USA with the Law and Order theme song. Way off topic, but that happens today for. Same reasons, the just getting more ab- uh, more ad fun. revenue. So it's not just uh, underground death metal that does this. No, this is kind well, of practice. Law and Order. There's also a grinding opus of forensic metal. What, what was the name of the the, the, the pathologist? CD? Oh. Grinding, op- <laughs> grinding opus of forensic medical problems. I think something, so, like, something that. like that. Yeah. So, but so what? What is the label that um, that the sped up version came out on? Um, I forgot the the original one, but the last one is was by uh, uh, Bizarre Leprous Records. And here's a funny thing: like I, I contacted the guy and asked him, "Hey, man, is this the sped up version or the original version, true to its like you know the original releases?" And the Roman, the guy who runs the label, like, "Oh, I don't know. Uh, let me check." So I sent him the tracks of the original one and the sped up one, and he, it's like, "Oh, it's the second one, which is the sped up one." It's like, dude. This is supposed to be the discography of this of this band, and this is what you you re-released. Yeah. It's like, come on! So I he, he probably he, but he probably didn't realize he right? probably didn't realize he re-released a version that had been sped up. But he but that's the thing is that whoever released that first sped up version like misinformed everybody, including Roman. Yes, that's mm-hmm. I think like uh, funny enough because I, I going back uh, like I, 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 on the emails when I was asking him like who who. Who gave you the permission to like give you the go ahead for this release? And it was Cyclo, uh, the vocalist. And I was like, come on, dude. <laughs> I mean, even your own stuff? Attention. Yeah. Uh, dude. Uh, all right. Well, I. 
flex right here. I have the original version, and I, I was able to buy it. I one of those fluke winning the lottery things. I went to uh, Generation Records in New York City uh, with our boy Dan Olivencia way long time ago in the early 2000s, and I found it there, and I still got it. Flex on everybody. Yeah. But all right, so so pathologists from the Czech Republic. We're talking about Poland's influence on um, uh, surrounding countries. The Czech Republic pathologists. Yeah, and and from there, like you know, like you you also have the 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 grimy sounding production, and you know, like it's not as ping, uh, uh, but like it's it's kind of like it's still they're just dealing with what they have. But like later on in their the budding scene over there, you get bands. In the late '90s and early 2000s, like, like a Thea Flame, a, a Appalling Spawn, uh, well, basically the same band, but like you have like Pigsty, uh, Ingrowing, and Alienation, uh, Men Alienation Mental, which is to me like when I think of a Czech ping band, that's the 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 the, the epitome of a Czech ping band. Mm -hmm. Contrastic. Contrastic. So many bands in that. Yeah, the, weird band. A weird scene too. That was uh, that was one of the things that we were all in love with. Uh, me, you, and Dan Olivancy and some of our crew um, back in the old the, the 2000s, late 90s. Man, was that Czech Republic scene. And you're right. There were so many bands that had that signature sound. It was kind of grindcore, kind of brutal death metal, and uh, a little bit of something else. And then while we're on the subject of older Czech bands, I want to bring up Hermaphrodite. Uh, one of my personal favorite bands, very weird band. They put out their uh, album Fecal Party, spelled with a K. Fecal Party. <laughs> Sorry to all the listeners, but uh, and they they had that and they had a, a demo which were very brutal gore grind with a little bit of death metal, maybe much uh, similar to Carcass and what Pathologists were doing. Later on, they came they became more of a technical death metal band, and then the guy actually changed the spelling of Hermaphrodite and released electronic music. With that name, but I know they're very revered within the Czech Republic scene and uh, the underground scene over there because they were one of the pioneering metal bands, uh, any kind of metal, uh, but especially death and thrash metal and grindcore over there. And um, uh, so, so you got you got pathologist, you got hermaphrodite, and also malignant tumor. Where do they fit in? Oh yeah. Oh, uh, they're Polish. Like, yeah, of course. Like, well, no, malignant tumor well, was no, Czech. It's Czech. I'm sorry. But they, they're one of their breakthrough releases was the split CD with squash bowels from Poland. Right. Uh, yeah, it's, and it, you know, I, I, I get the correlation there. But malignant tumor started out very much a brutal gore grind band. Right. Later on, kind of moved to more of like a political mince core direction. Nowadays, they're doing something really out of left field. I see them wearing like wigs and kind of trying to sound like Motorhead or something. I've stopped paying attention to them. I don't know what the... Yeah, I, I was very excited to see them several years ago at Maryland Death Fest thinking that they were still more of a grindcore, gore grind, mincecore, whatever. And uh, they, they're doing something weird, some party rock stuff now that I'm not uh, you know, I'm not particularly a fan of. But yeah, so so the Czech Republic scene, man. What's going on with all these bands in the late '90s that are that are pinging it out? They're, they're, the weird thing about like the pink, the, the the Czech scene was that like they kind of had like a new metal influence. They did, yeah. A contrastic, especially alienation, alienation mental. Yeah, you're right. And pigsty also. It, 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 they kind of had like this, like this. They took whatever was going on in in, in America. And basically, like, just injected it with their, their weird sense of grindcore and, and gore grind and death metal. And especially Contrastic was the, the weirdest one of all of them. They, they mixed, like, a, 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 um, a, tech, a, a techno in there also. Yeah. 
uh, and some yeah. classical music. Yeah, yeah, very like that's the, that's uh, that's one of the things that really attracted to me about that scene was there was so much of a avant garde quality to right. a lot of the music coming out, but without really being pretentious or anything. It was just throwing all this weird stuff in there, and then mixed with almost a, like a. An immature or like irreverent sense of humor. Definitely, yeah, they were uh, very irreverent. Yeah, you know, they yeah, care. they they were over themselves. They didn't yeah. take it so seriously, but there was some really innovative stuff going on in those records. And I, I'm just like thinking about it right now, uh, 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 the way even the drum set, uh, uh, the, the the drummers of, of Contrastic and Pigsty, is similar to John Engman, which which is basically like, uh, you have your kick drums and your snare and your cymbals, cut the shit. That's all you have, <laughs> you know. Simplify, simplify, yeah. and like yeah. just fucking like hyper ping it, and like and if you could groove, you could make the drums sound like interesting, yeah. too. Also, putting yourself in a box will force you to do more creative things, right? You know. So now we're in like the kind of late '90s, early 2000s. Um, we've covered the first wave of gore grind. We've covered Poland and and that 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 wave of Czech Republic bands that comes later. Um, what about like your your last days of humanity? Because they're a huge influence on Ping, and they are from the '90s, but they kind of had a, a, a real rise to prominence in the late '90s, early 2000s. Early 2000s or, or, or mid 2000s when they came out with the EP, uh, an advancing in uh, advanced hemorrhaging conditions, mm-hmm. where they basically just yo fuck this, like fuck riffs. And there is there are riffs basically, but like but they're buried underneath they're, they're this fucking just pingy sound. Yeah. To me, is like another like a, a textbook dictionary of what ping is, and it's basically let's turn up the 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 snare all the way up on the mix and bury everything. And dude, like it's such a brutal like seven minutes that it's it's like. What well, one thing that uh, actually just struck me too is. I know, I know for a fact that um, at least I think Mark, uh, the, the 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 one member of Last Days Humanity, a lot of people are, are in touch within the scene, and other members too. People, uh, they're from the Netherlands, correct? Right, uh, they're from the Netherlands. Yeah. A lot of people from the Netherlands um, were big fans of Anelbirth, Adam Rotella, and now this is making me wonder: Did Anelbirth inadvertently have an effect on the ping scene with that crazy blast drum machine blasting? Because I remember at a certain point, Last Days of Humanity was. Uh, influenced fans. by anal birth, and maybe that's part of why they ramped it up like that, and then it, then that in turn influenced Pink. So uh, some of this comes back to Adam Rotella and anal birth. Check Dude. out episode five of Heavy Hole. Mm-hmm. Like mutilated infant is is such like uh, 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 I see th- there's so much parallels between uh, 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 parallels uh, um, mutilated infant and, and the last day the the last two last days uh, mm-hmm. releases. Mutilated infant, the uh, full length anal birth album. Right, it's because it's like it's so stripped down and and dude, like it's blur, pitch shifters and high like snare uh, 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 drum programming, mm-hmm. and that's what you get with with uh, Last Days. Except like there's a human drummer uh, 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 playing the, the 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 parts. Yeah, allegedly human drummer, man. That guy's a, a machine himself, man. I mean that that's what I mean too. Is the drumming in Last Days Humanity is something incredible, man. It, you know, there's there's some gore grind where it's a little bit more. Um, like kind of punk influenced and it's a little more slow and stompy you can almost like polka dance to it right but yeah last days humanity they, they i could see where they come in with ping man unrelenting, unrelenting that the funny thing about this also is that like you know how like brodicum was influenced by last days mm-hmm. i have a suspicion like uh, like in the mid 2000s that like last days 
or like the, the, the gore grind scene was being influenced also by the brutal death note scene that they have to step their fucking shit up their, their game up because yeah, like yeah. like you, you you hear like Braddock can cover Last Days and also like at the same time like dude like Last Days in the in advancing hemorrhaging conditions the EP it's such a relentless album and, and you could compare it to also Brodekin that like it's also both are relentless mm-hmm. and and the last album of, of Petrifaction, Petrifaction in Progress is like uh, it's like no, we're not gonna have any mid-tempos no samples <laughs> no mid-tempos and that's what the even the the, the ad yeah. they had very simple I mean that that's anal birth too you could describe with those two exactly know, those, those two phrases yeah and, and it's like Last Days uh, is another big influence in the Indonesian scene. Like, there's a band called, uh, right now, like, they're, they're coming up, Cardio uh, Mayupithi. Um, it's, it's like such that sound, too. Like, they're copying that sound, except, like, they don't have pitch shifters. So, it's like going back to, like, yeah. like I want to do this without pitch shifters. Like, I want, like, humans to do it. So, yeah. wow. And there's a weird controversy. Do you know anything about, like, the Brodigan controversy? No, I don't. Fill me in. Oh, well, I uh, does that have something to do with the drummer? Yes. With because I saw I like check out live videos and they played a few shows um, with the drum machine. It's not a drum machine. It's basically this is what happened. Like so, the story with John Engman is that like he injured himself, so he had to stop playing drums. Right. So he had to find ways to like play drums. Like so, when they they spoke, you know, they got together instead of like playing drums. He just basically minimized everything to like an MPC pad, and dude, like, how amazing is that to just like carry everything in your in your in your backpack? Right. You don't have to break your back to play that. Like, and and he's still doing he's doing the the, the tapping. He's blasting on those MPC pads. Yeah. That's all him. But the thing is, like, you know, metalheads like me also want to see person a person suffer. You know? Yeah, yeah, no. There's a uh, there's a sadistic form of uh, pleasure that happens with most metalheads, where you yeah. want to see someone break their fucking back well, a little bit, and and also I'm gonna like pick on you a little bit, Will, because it's basically like he's only using triggers yes. to create his sound. Yeah, and but, I know how much you hate triggers. Well, uh, first of all, hate is a strong word. Shout out to all my drummer <laughs> friends who do use triggers. <laughs> all right, but. <laughs> But uh, I, you know, I'm a grown man now. I'm just I'm I'm trying to be fair and objective. Um, but but yeah, that's the thing though. But this was as a result of an injury, first of all, right? Um, and what he's doing is a little more innovative and a little more kind of forward thinking, I think, than your conventional drummer who's just uh, using triggers for for whatever you know sound purposes or or clarity and tightness purposes. I mean, he. Um, I don't know, and he's also kind of coming from a, uh, an angle where he was involved in like experimental electronic music, right? So there, yes. I, I I don't know if this is just him using all triggers. That's a little unfair to say, man. I, I don't know, man. I see this as um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not discrediting him. No, he's at well, all. But no, essentially, no, what is happening? You're challenging. You're, you're actually challenging me to, yeah. to, to, to discredit him, yeah, because <laughs> you know how I feel about certain styles of drumming. In the modern scene, it's all fun. But no, 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 no. This is how you feel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Allegedly, I have uh, feelings about that. But yeah, no. But I see it more. There's a there's a certain element of him uh, overcoming uh, a, a type of disability that he has as a result of an injury, innovating with technology, doing something that uh, hasn't been done in death metal, to my knowledge. So 
I, I appreciate and respect it. And, uh, yeah, there is that element of masochism and, and uh, competition where we want our drummers to suffer and push themselves like uh, athletes. But also... Just when you go to a metal show, the same way like when I've watched bands, I saw In Satanity do it in the 90s, uh, the band Fleshless from the Czech Republic. Right. Plenty of bands playing live with drum machines. When you see a bunch of guys with guitars and the singers up there and there's just a, you know, there's no drummer back there, especially if there's a drum kit set up for the next band and it's just empty. Oh, that's worse, yeah. Visually yeah. and atmospherically, we're trained and conditioned to, to see a full band there. Yes. Uh, from a very young age, whenever we see music, and when you don't, there's just something missing there, and um, it can be a challenge to get into. Now, to their credit, the two bands I did just use as examples, In Satanity for a period in the 90s and Fleshless, pulled it off very well, and I was impressed by the set. So there's other bands who've done it live that I'm not going to mention that have not pulled it off to that effect, but you know that's neither that's neither here or there. Yeah, but, and I'm just busting your chops, but um, no, it's good, man. It's, I, I appreciate it, man. It was fun. It was fun. It was fun. When I when I fun. when I saw that video of John Engman playing the NPC, right, I was pretty impressed. Yeah, it's cool. Because the cool shit, it's man. Different. Like it is. It's do not frown upon this. Because the fact this is a man going out of his way to do something really cool. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And. and I might be mistaken. Isn't he back to playing conventional drums now? No, no, it, it's a different guy now. He, because okay, I'm mistaken. No, it, it, it's because like for one good comment, he gets like ten negative comments, and it's like, dude, fuck this. Internet man, the internet yeah, wins like, again. He doesn't have to deal with it. like, you know, and he's a very like you know uh, uh, introverted, you know, it's like dude. So it's like. He doesn't need it, you know? Yeah, I mean, because at the end of the day, who's making enough money off of death metal yeah. to, to be like, yeah, it's like worth the, the, it's like, fuck it, man. But all right, well, getting back to the um, the task at hand here, this ping death metal, uh, where do we go from here, man? We've talked about John, John uh, the Brodekin controversy. I think you explained it very well. Right. I think right now, like, I gotta, I, I gotta admit, like, I gotta give it to, like, uh, this new, uh, this, not new label, but like, they've been around for a little bit, but like, this label uh, uh, run by Daniel Osborne, um, New Standard Elite, and they're another. Oh, I love that name so much. <laughs> As the be- and it's also kind of like because it harkens back to Unique Leader in a weird, you know. It's yeah. Okay, so go on, go on, dude. Like this, this, this label is basically like they, they somehow ha- have uh, tapped into the, the new upcoming brutal death metal scene, and they put out this, this, this uh, compilation. Uh, I think like last year or two years ago called Scafism. And all those four bands were ping bands. Mm. Delusional Parasitosis, Ichamosis, um, Dissevered, uh, and I forgot the other one, but they're all ping. Could you just say the, the name of the compilation and the record label again for the listeners? Oh, uh, it's New Standard Elite is the label, and the, um, the compilation is called Scafism. Okay, that might be a really good jumping off point for people who are a little more unfamiliar with this type of death metal. Yeah. But go, go on. Go on. Um, and now, like... Uh, they have a, a, a new compilation coming out, and and there's a it's specifically for the Southeast Asian ping bands. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know the name of the of the compilation yet, but like um, the one band like from Indonesia called the Cardiomap Myopathy. That's the one that who's trying to like who's really like having the uh, last day sound. Yes. Uh, then there's also Sis Gurgle. I love that name, Siskirgle. <laughs> Siskirgle, yeah. And I forgot, I, I forgot the other two bands, but like, uh, uh, Siskirgle is from Thailand, and the drummer is from this other band who is also on the same label with uh, uh, on this new standard of the league called Ecomosis. Mm. And that's a, a very bizarre band because like they're a slam band, 
mm-hmm. but at the same time like they also do the the, the weird uh, um the, the the hyper blasting parts right but like it's like almost like i don't the, the, the way they slam is it's almost like an idiot savant it's not it's not your straight like uh, um downbeat parts mm-hmm. but it's almost always, always off kilter and the guy the drummer Paul Walk or like his his nickname's called Gordick <laughs> great <laughs> yeah you got to got to get as many names as you as you can they got i mean we're living in an era with so many recycled band names and themes uh, the a lot of this scene that you're talking about has has made, maybe it's an interesting uh, cross pollination of the themes and the languages or something like that yeah. but i love some of the names we're getting but anyway go, tell me tell us more about Gordick uh, well Gordick <laughs> is is right now i think like the new John Engman uh, where like he is doing all this other like hyper blasting death metal band uh, or or gorgram and also gorgram bands, but at the same time uh, he there in Thailand there's a, a noise scene similar to you know like with John Engman he dabbles with with noise, mm-hmm. so you have this harsh noise scene and and and, and hyper uh, uh, ping brutal death metal bands, so it's it's only like it's only uh, 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 natural to have something very extreme uh, um, w- with this uh, with this area, right? Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, extreme kind of goes across multiple genres. Right. You know, you get harsh noise mixed up with a lot of uh, you know gore grind, heavy, you know, brutal death metal stuff. So, makes sense. Yeah, uh, very really interesting, man. So- sounds really uh, groundbreaking and. Uh, it sounds like in, in different parts of the world right now, there's things going on in death metal that uh, I'm not even aware of. Uh, you know, people say death metal's dead. Death metal doesn't, you know, there's nothing new coming out. All the bands are doing the same thing that bands are doing in the 90s. Maybe they're just not looking in the right places. That's true, man. That's wow. that's what the, usually the case is. Remember? Of course. Yeah. Yeah, of course. But I, I think what you're saying just uh, speaks to that a lot, that there's a lot of really crazy stuff going on. I In, in uh, research for this episode, I came across two bands that may not necessarily be ping bands, but um, I was really interested in want to check them out. Two bands from Indonesia. I just wanted to uh, quiz you real quick. You familiar with Dead Carnations? No. Oh, wow. That was. I, I was listening to a few like Indonesian death metal compilations online, and Dead Carnations. I would recommend. I'm going to look into them myself too. Um, it was like really brutal death metal, but with some uh, to, to use a word that's overused, progressive parts. Maybe like there's some some more of that old school death. Uh, type stuff going some more of that classical influence but you could hear that they know their way around brutal death metal too in a different way and there was another band Xenochrist yes I dude that's one of those uh, bands I never had a chance to to buy the demo back oh. in the, the ESP days mm. the, I'm sorry the Extreme Souls production mm-hmm. uh, but like I, I, I've kind of like lost touch because like there's so much stuff going on all the time. It's so. hard to keep. That's why yeah. I brought you in. Yeah. You're, you're, <laughs> Even you're, I am. You're my go-to guy, man. You know, <laughs> I, I can't keep up with you. You're, you're, you're our global correspondent <laughs> here on the Heavy Hole, for, for real. But yeah, Xenochrist, another really interesting band with some uh, some very technical, progressive, different elements going on. Um, I, I don't want to say they sound like cynic or like death, but there's they like I said before, they do some of the same things for me um, in, in terms of what they bring to the table. But, uh, you know, getting back, not not to veer off uh, topic, yeah. I, I just wanted to see if you were familiar with them. But, um, so so where are we at now, man? Is there anything else that you wanted to add to the conversation? I, I just want to bring up what's called right now uh, in Canada, like, uh, there's this band, Adversarial, their, their mm-hmm, first yeah. full-length album. Yeah, you put me onto them, I know, yeah. People hated it. Because like, well, you know, there was like, it, it was it was very uh, divisive. Because like, mm-hmm. you know, you have your brutal death metal crew who love Ping, 
the same time like they have this very dark incantation vibe so like you, you, you take Brodick and incantation you put them together that's what every Australia is and but for some reason they're just like nah like let's let's turn up the, the, the snare all the way up and it really drowns everything all the cool riffs you listen to the demo it's like holy shit there's some really sick riffs there so going back to like Viscera Infest they sacrificed uh, uh, the the cool songwriting parts, right? To of uh, like to show uh, certain loyalty and uh, appreciation, rather. Yeah, I guess like, paying homage for everything. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. It's uh, I mean that in itself is kind of strange. I don't know how I feel about that to be honest. But you know, teach his own. It's it's know. actually a hard listen to even for me. Like sometimes like I like because I want to hear the the riffs themselves too. Yeah, I I remember. It, it was a little polarizing for me, man. It, it was like it was like there was something there, but the, something about the production yeah. uh, made it very difficult for me for me to, to process it. Uh, you know, I'll give it I, I'll give it another shot, man. But but well, while we're on Canada, um, let's talk about Orchidectomy. Oh, definitely. Uh, so that's the other band that was like when <laughs> like Brodekin and Orchidectomy, and also God of but like Orchidectomy definitely is like the band that like all. Like, dude, I, I obsessed with that demo, and like they were, they were the high, they took Brodigan and pushed it even farther. Mm-hmm. And another thing, like going back to like 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 bands like Defeat of Sanity, like the the musicians in that band are, are fantastic. The drummer is 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 an actual he's making a living out as a jazz drummer. Okay. Also, Defeated Sanity does that. Yeah. Lily Gruber does the same thing. Fantastic jazz drum on. Yeah, like uh, I think his name is Alfie Veno. Okay. Uh, but holy shit, man! Like you, you just look him up, like uh, Orchidectomy of uh, uh, 340 BPM, and like, dude, and YouTube, bang, 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 dude, like that, that part, like, kind of like warm my heart to know, like, like a person like this exists. Cause like he, he was, I was so obsessed. But like you know, in the end, like he has real actual chops. Yeah, you know? right. You, so He's do not you. Just I, the speed for you. I see beatbox ping becoming <laughs> your innovation to the genre because you, you've done that a few times tonight. And you got it, man. Yeah. It, it, I, the dog is upstairs. Like the dog stood up and his ears perked up when he did that upstairs just now. Man. Yeah, I'm willing to produce that. Just throw it out there. <laughs> if you're ready to throw down that that EP, let's do it. Um, I just want to also uh, give credit. To uh, one of the most important ping bands, I mean uh, ping albums, and to me, like I know it was panned, uh, panned because of the the snare. I think it's like one of the greatest like productions ever, and that's like same anger. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we're here. We're here. <laughs> so, so we've, we've reached the end of, of the of the ping hole. <laughs> When you when you get all the way to the end of the ping hole, you get Saint Anger by Metallica. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Bang, 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 uh, yeah, bang. it's Holy there. Holy shit, dude! There's a lot of ping on that album. That's true, man. When I heard that, I was like, "Yes, they're back!" Yeah, <laughs> they're, my, they're back, my, and, they, and they they, they yeah. toured Indonesia. Yeah, they did. Yeah, my lifestyle determines my ping style. That, oh. That's all, oh. <laughs> <laughs> dude. I don't know what, what was going on, and I, I mean, like, well, yeah, like you have that that, that documentary. Yeah, yeah which uh, which uh, I haven't watched, but I've talked to a few friends about. It. I don't know why that hit the streets. It does not make Metallica look that good, boy. You know, whatever. Here we are. You know, yeah, they're, yeah. they're doing fine. Yeah. You know, they have lots of money. 
They they don't uh, have any stress about paying their bills this month. No, no. no so, Lars is yeah. actually putting his San Francisco home up for about twelve million dollars right now. Oh, Ooh. really? Yeah, well, yeah. Wow. Just get rid of one of them. You know, he's probably yeah, yeah. just spending more time in Denmark playing tennis. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll go take a look. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still waiting for that artificial brain uh, beer koozie money to come in. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see see what happens. All right, man. So. I mean, we've we've gone there and back on the ping thing tonight, man. Right. You've you've introduced a lot of stuff. I, I mean, you you regularly send me like uh, links to ping bands and things like that. And, he, and tonight, you've like really opened my mind to things I didn't realize and some bands I got to check out. Uh-huh. I'm sure there's some listeners out there that that don't even know where to start with this stuff, man. So, uh, you know, final thoughts on ping before we move forward with the show tonight. Uh, we got the Saint Anger. What what else is there going on? Uh, I, right before that, like I just want to give a, a shout out to the Colombian scene. Yeah. Like, oh, oh my yeah, God. Yeah. Oh, oh man. I'm you're so right. sorry. We're gonna have to do like a ping part two because <laughs> you're right. The Colombian scene is a whole different ping. Carnal. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. And the genitals and and, and portulent, mm-hmm. internal suffering. And so like. Internal I, suffering. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Oh my God. And then we all right. And then we talk oh. about internal suffering. I'm so sorry. Inter- That's all right. Yeah. We, we just <laughs> opened up a whole new door. And then internal suffering moving to New York City in the early 2000s. Holy shit. And playing lots of shows in New York City, just like they were a regular New York band and influencing the scene. Oh, my God. We could go all the way down the wormhole on that one. Yeah, man. dude. Um, but, but maybe we got to have you back on for like a ping part 2 with global correspondent sure. history of death metal part 2 man and we and cuz there's so much more that you could enlighten us on uh, I, I feel guilty right now, but like you know, we we have such a limited time. Uh, well, you know, yeah, I mean, we you don't know, worry about it. We, we we'll got, have you back another time. Yeah, we'll we got more. To, we got more to cover, and Colombia is definitely a part of that. Uh, Japan that equation. also. Yeah, there's so much more, man. So we're gonna have to go back and 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 do a, a, another episode about this and, and continue off from here. But I just wanted to state, um, Copremesis. I don't know if you would call yourselves a ping band, your your old band Copremesis, but I definitely feel like you guys factor into the equation heavily. Um, anybody who's listened to this episode can, can verify your pedigree in this type of music and, and what went into Cop Premises. So I think anyone who's interested in this style of music would do themselves good to, to check out your project, your, your old band, Cop Premises. And speaking of the Colombian connection, you were in Andromorphous Rexalia, which uh, was a band of um, Colombian uh, uh, nationals who were living in New York City uh, and very much playing the traditional style of Colombian ping, hyperblasting, a noisy death metal. So people could check out Andromorphous Rexalia. Um, just talking about some of the other projects. In 2017, you were part of Crypt Orchidism, if I said that right. Crypt Orchidism? Crypt Orchid, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Crypt Orchidism. Uh, I- <laughs> uh, and you put out the Articulating Perversity demo that has uh, Justin Stubbs of Incorphination, Father right. Befouled, a bunch of other bands, and Dylan Marks of Beekeeper, Eucharist, billion other bands. Um, it's kind of like an all-star group with you three guys. If I'm not mistaken, you changed the name? To Unborn Salivate. Uh, and can we expect anything coming from you guys? Uh, we have recorded the album uh, last year, uh, so we're just waiting for the label to put it out, and which is actually from Thailand, Chainsaw. Um, uh, um, oh my God, Chainsaw <laughs> Production. Chainsaw Production. Yeah. Okay, man. And uh, so watch out for uh, the, the new Unborn Salivate album on Chainsaw Production, featuring Polo on vocals, and also, if I say this right, and Senathrak. I will deny that. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, well, what's up? What's up? What's up? Uh, allegedly, there's a new uh, uh, 2019 Incentathrack demo that may or may not feature uh, somebody on this podcast. 
Oh yeah, it, it, it's well, yeah, it's out. Like, we just, okay. like my label put it, put it out. Okay, all right, all right. You sounded, a, you sounded a little unsure. I didn't want to give away the mystery there, you know. And um, you know, we're gonna keep our, our eyes and ears open for any other projects you're involved in and for new releases from P2 Records. Is there anything else you want to add to that? Um, well, just keep pinging it up. <laughs> keep pinging it up. So, <laughs> love with, it. With that being said, I think this might be a good uh, part to tr- a good part of the show to transition to to recommend some new and old albums to people. Yeah, let's talk some music. Okay, let's talk that shit. So we're going to talk some albums now. We're going to give you some recommendations. Uh, some of them might be heavy metal related. We'll see. Uh, who wants to go first? I was thinking that Paulo go first because he's the guest. Yeah, what you got, man? So, Paulo, you got something new for us, right? Yes, this is a new one. Uh, and what is this called? Lurid Panisha. And it's basically, um, it consists with two dudes. Um, it's uh, Isaac from Sulfuric Cottery and Adrian from um, Disentune, Incinerate, uh, and basically, check out like how they write this the, their music. It's basically the drummer records his parts because they like one dude lives in Ohio, the other lives in Australia. He records the drums, send it to Adrian, and Adrian just records the the guitars, bass, and vocals. Mm. And oh, all right. So this is like a real uh, spread of the world right here. They're- right, and it's a very like high, fast like feet. This is like to me like the feetopsy, the new feetopsy. Wow, yeah, Feetopsy, another band that we didn't cover in the in the ping segment. But again, yeah. we, we we got it, Paulo. We're gonna we're gonna stay strong, and we're gonna do episode <laughs> two of the ping, the, the whole ping movement. Oh wow, this is great. Let's uh, let's spell this uh, just for anyone checking this out. Lurid, L U R I D, and the hard one. I can't. That logo doesn't help me spell this. P A N A C E A. There you go, man. Wow, yeah, this is really interesting stuff. Gore grind ping feel to it, but like you said, so the guy just the guy just makes some drum tracks yeah. with no riffs or guitar right. and then the other, then sends it and the other guy just writes guitars around what the, what the guy was playing on drums. Right. I think he edits it a little bit mm-hmm. to just fit it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. that's the basic gist. That's really interesting. I would love to do a project like this at some point. Yeah. I yeah. like that idea of like, you know, uh, giving, giving someone something to work with and then they're totally at the mercy of your obstruction. Right, exactly. You know? Yeah, I, I like this, this album cool. cover too. The very dark grayscale, kind of almost like a uh, a gore noir. It's like a kind of like look like an illustrated uh, like severed head or something, man. But yeah. it's it's got a very like sketchy, dark uh, illustrated vibe to it. Yeah, this this came out like last year. It's such a demo. Then is this uh, on a label or is this self released? I, I think. Um, let me see. He's got, I, I, he's got the CD right here in front of him, everybody, just in case you thought he was joking. All right, 
Yeah, this listen, man does not mess around. Listen, listen to that crisp CD open, Polo. Polo, <laughs> Polo stays buying the merch. Blast Addict. Blast Addict. Yeah. All right, that's the that's the label, huh? Yeah. Wow. All right. They they also came out with a um, another uh, material uh, that was supposed to be for a split seven inch, but the other band I guess like uh, uh, um, dropped off. They were so. intimidated. Yeah, I, I, I do too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is dark. The uh, the production with the guitar is like really cr- crunchy. It's like uh, it's got like no headroom. It's just kind yeah. of just like it's very compressed. Yeah. Oh. And like the Adrian is, is another dude who's like kind of like Paul Walk or Gordon. Um, that he's kind of prominent in the scene, and the dude is basically like he he, he has this band called Incinerated, which is total mortician worship. Mm-hmm. And he has his other band, Rawhead. Fuck, man. Like, Very like, prolific. Yeah, prolific. Like, dudes. And just listen to that hyper thing, man. Holy crap. Yeah, this is really good. Um, this is really appropriate for this episode, uh, talking about Ping. This is like kind of state-of-the-art Ping with a very uh, different writing method. Yeah. It's so unnatural, but like <laughs> it, it works out. No, it's cool, man. Really brutal shit, man. Adam Rotella, uh, I, I gotta, I gotta put him onto this. Yeah, he might like this, man. He'd appreciate this. Man, the, the vocals are really cool too. They kind of, you know, well balanced between that high end screaming and then also that real, real low, disgusting, garbage can, guttural stuff. Yeah, that that vocal dynamic uh, actually reminds me in some parts of intestinal disgorge. Yes. From Texas. Just that kind of like cacophony of, you know, vocals and blast beats. It's very, very unsettling. Right. Yeah. How do we say the name of this band again? I'm fucking up. Lurid Panisha, I think. Lurid Panisha. Lurid Panisha. Check out their new demo. Yeah. Tonight I'm uh, I'm taking a different route than you uh, you fast maniac. All right, so Tom, you got something new? What's going on? That's right, I got Churchburn. I got their album "None Shall Live: The Hymns of Misery." Mm. We uh, we saw these guys with skinless a few months ago, didn't we? That's right, sir. Yes, we did. <laughs> I got memory like a steel trap, bro. Absolutely. So this album was released July 13th of 2018 on Armageddon. Now. Here's a little backstory to this band. The Brainchild is one of David Suzuki. Oh. Mm. Yep. If you're not familiar, listeners, David Suzuki. What? Uh, he is best known for his tenure in Vital Remains and kind of put them into the realm of legendary status in the death metal world. But upon leaving Vital Remains in 2007, that band hasn't even put out a single song. Ooh. His guitar work on Dechristianized and Icons of Evil is astonishing. Uh, not to mention, he recorded the drums, bass, and guitar for all four albums he was on for Vital Remains. As much as I respect Vital Remains, I'm putting myself into the camp of David Suzuki fan. 
because I this guy is just phenomenal. Fair enough. And if you're a musician and you're looking for someone to kind of gawk at, just Google his name. Like he's just plays some fantastic shit. You can find some of it online. It's great. But the reason I'm going into detail about Vital Remains and David Suzuki is just to kind of show a contrast between the crazy speed that is Vital Remains and how fast they were all the time, just blistering blast beats, and how David Suzuki is slowing down now, and he is just making the most brutal doom death metal crossover I've I've heard really forever. Yeah, I'm so surprised. Right? Yeah. It's weird knowing David Suzuki stuff and then hearing this, and you're like, What's going on? Personal uh, evolution. Everybody uh, changes right. stylistically over time. I think he did so very tastefully with this man. And this, that's, this that's, me- I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. No, no. And, and like like I said before, it's not to disrespect Vital Remains or anything, but this guy's taste in writing and the way he plays, and uh, he's just got so much feel uh, behind the solos in, in all of his work, and... Now he's taking more of a mesmerizing route. You put this album on, and you're just in the zone. I got. I got to say, this music video for this song. What's the name of this song? This one's the Misery Hymns. Uh, the, the The video is amazing. Uh, yeah. I'm really enjoying this video. It complements the music very nicely. It's It's not just kind of like your generic uh, like lyric video or something that you see nowadays. Is uh, a lot of interesting imagery. Uh, I just wanted to point that out, man. Any, anybody uh, wants to put that up on on YouTube or whatever your uh, kind of looks Prometheus. It's a little Geigerish, but also there's nothing really too organic here. Yeah. And uh, one thing I really like about this album is the mix itself because it does have some air in it. It's not like um, it pushes the whole time. The songwriting is really pushed, mm-hmm. but at the same time, um, it's not too abrasive. Like the kick sits really well in there. It's not like that. Not a triggered kick sound at all it sounds like this was recorded in a in a live setting like they just went in a studio and did a couple tracks and maybe they did some layering afterwards but the band is so in sync with each other mm-hmm. in this performance but there's a organic quality that's not to be overlooked and there are solos in this it's not the vital remains style but there's definitely the soul that he had in the vital remains work if you're familiar, you know those solos that this dude plays, they have this feel to them that's just kind of unmatched. It's like the solos almost write themselves in a way. Yeah. Because they're just so fluid. David Suzuki's just a master, and I, I really appreciate what he's doing here. It's kind of ballsy slowing down because mm-hmm. everyone is always speeding up and going right. crazier and crazier, and this guy's just doing his thing. Really interesting, man. This is not my normal neighborhood of metal, uh, not my normal cup of tea, but I really like uh, the way you put it into context. Um, you know, as someone who's probably a little bit more of a Vital Remains fan than um, with this particular style, uh, I like the idea that you're you're taking this guy out of that element, uh, or he's taking himself out of that element, and he's uh, maybe slowing down and articulating what he does a little bit more, uh, and letting some of the, that foreboding doominess breathe a little bit, and 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 developing that a little bit to the songs. This is yeah. this is something. I'm not saying I'm, I, I don't like it, but this is something I would definitely have to spend a little time with. Maybe listen to it on my commute to work and, and listen to the whole album in one sitting or something, you know? This is uh, perfect winter music. Very good yes. for the, the current temperature outside and everything, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I listened to the first album that he put out, The Awaiting Coffins, and I also highly recommend that. It's just, uh, it, it's the same caliber of writing. You get riffs stuck in your head. It's a different type of anxiety he's putting down, and mm-hmm. it's real. And that's also him on vocals. He's just spilling it all out there, man. It's, yeah, then this is when we say doom 
or any of those, you know, death, doom, sludge, any of these terms. Uh, this to me, it doesn't necessarily remind me of maybe, uh, you know, Winter or Evoken or even Cyanide, any of those type of bands. It's a little bit more like, uh, and this is where people might say, Will, you're, get, you're getting a little off base with this, uh, like Celtic Frost almost. Oh, or, You know, there's good. like a very classic old vibe to this. Uh, I, I just heard that. The way the, the, the riffs just have a certain power to them, you know, I don't know. There's something very old school about this that almost... Like a type of metal that predates uh, death metal proper, you know? Yes. Holy shit. <laughs> Dude, right? thank you. I'm this, down. This is tight, right? <laughs> the, the more I listen to it, the more I'm kind of getting that vibe, you know? So, yeah, very very interesting music, man. Thank you for bringing this to the yeah, table. Yeah, dude. Of course. It's like hardcore. It's cool, yeah. You can nod your head to it, and you can understand the riffs and what's going on, and, you, you know, there's time for it to take effect, you know? That is fucking heavy. new release hopefully i can talk about it before it, it concludes it's bowel erosion long island's premier hot new gore grind band uh they have their three tracks demo that's spelled uh number three tracks t-r-a-double-x demo if you're looking for it you can get it on Bandcamp for two dollars it's three songs this is uh drum machine gore grind uh so i actually saw them perform live over the weekend and they had a live drummer so I'm, very, I'm looking forward to what these guys bring to the table. They played a totally short set. They got a pit jumping. This is uh, traditional, proper gore grind in the style of all those 90s bands that we were talking about before. You you're regurgitate. To me, they, they have a, a, a distinct dysmenorrheic hemorrhage vibe because the drum machine. Um, slough, maybe. It's just, it's just a classic drum machine gore grind band. The pitch shifter vocals are great. The recording is brutal and noisy and raw, but has a lot of clarity, so you could hear each part just, just nice. And I'm just so excited about this because these kids are from Long Island. Uh, the two guys are running um, a, a, a bit of a production uh, uh, promotion called Pure Gore Promotions or Pure Gore Productions. That's where they book shows. They book the show Saturday night at uh, Rams, uh, Rams Pub in uh, Holbrook that I went to. A whole bunch of young gore grind and death metal bands I hadn't heard yet. So I'm just really excited for these guys and their movement. Um, I'm not, the demo might actually be over by now, man. It's over. I'll play it again while you talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Run it, run it back. Let's do it again. Dude, run I it back on the replay, on the yeah, replay, on the sick. replay. Yeah, man. So uh, again, man, I just had to go with this. I was really excited. They, they, they played a sick set with their new live drummer. Uh, on Saturday night, I can't wait to see where these guys go. They're they're gonna do some splits. They're playing some other shows, and these guys are also trying to fill the void 
uh, on Long Island now that Tom McCarthy and Obnoxious Noise Productions aren't booking any shows. These guys are trying to step up and book some underground shows. Really young guys uh, get, getting their um, their feet wet in the scene. And uh, I'm just I'm just proud that they're from Long Island, and I'm looking forward to what they do. I hope I can help them in any way I can, man. So check out Bowel Erosion from uh, Long Island. Brand new gore grind. I fuck with this. Yeah, yeah. sick, man. Really good. It felt so good uh, being at that show with that, my buddy Adam Rotella, uh, watching young guys, uh, guys, you know, probably like 15 years younger than me doing this. I remember in the 90s, we felt like we were the only two guys on Long Island that even knew what the style was. Yeah. So I'm all for it. I'm not going to be the old guy that's hating on it and telling you guys that I was here before you or anything, man. Keep going. Bowel erosion. Bowel erosion. I'm just going to keep saying it, man. Just it's, keep it's, saying it. Yeah, it's like a, bowel erosion. You know what? It's a short... <laughs> yeah, it's a short demo. It's a simplistic, straight-to-the-point style, and that's all I can say about it, man. And tuning into the Heavy Hole podcast, you've officially listened to it twice. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. cool as fuck, Will. Yeah, peep them, man. So, uh, Paula, you're going to take us back in the time machine now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okie doke. Let's go, man. So, Pigsty is like one of the, um, I think, like, I feel like they're one of the most underrated uh, Czech uh, grindcore bands. Mm-hmm. And this this is like the, the most high uh, ping release that they ever put out. But the thing is, like, I, sh- I just want to, like, say that, like, uh, rest in peace to, to Dina, because mm-hmm. he, he passed away, like, a couple of years ago. And he used the basis for this, for this album. And, dude, like, this album is just so ridiculously fast, especially the song. It's amazingly choppy in a way. Like, all oh, the guitars cutting in and out. Like, there's, it's so syncopated. It's awesome. Right. This is really cool. Is, this is shaking my head in, that, a, in a good way. Like, yeah. This is definitely something for fans of uh, Defeated Sanity or Wormed uh, who, who are looking for something, you know, comparable. The, the production is, is there. The clarity is there. This is, this is great. And also... Something I love about, you know, we were talking before about the band, the Czech Republic bands and their um, kind of sense of humor. These guys always had a an obsession with pigs. I remember some of their yes. earlier releases, kind of a cartoony fixation on pigs. And even in their music sometimes with some of the vocal elements, there's just a, a, a lot of personality there. Definitely. Yeah. And like going going back to like the, the, the discussion before, like where like uh, new metal was an influence. Uh, dude, like at the end of this album, the cover Rage Against Machine. Uh, wake up! <laughs> really? Yeah, dude. Let's play that. Yeah, if you want to. Yeah, but he he does the 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 bree parts instead of rapping. Right, right. But like the thing about this this band though is also like they're a grindcore band, but they also have the the sing along uh, uh, hardcore parts right. a, a, in the other songs. But oh, yeah. just holding this out. Oh my god! Like I when we toured with these guys, like I kept yelling at uh, uh, this song out, but they would never play it because this this is their most frustrating song to play. Yeah, full disclosure, what year was that when uh, Cop Premises, your old band, toured um, uh, the United States with Pigsty? Uh, 2009. 2009, and you yeah. played the Maryland Death Fest? Uh... Uh, not that year, but they did with Jagai. Oh, they, they played, yeah, and, and you attended, because I remember being there with you guys, yeah. Right. Yeah. 
And another cool thing about this is that the CD is shaped like a web. Yeah, actually, I want to take a picture of that because oh, yeah, you brought yeah. that in, man. Yeah. And I would love to put that on the social medias when this comes out. This is one of the coolest CDRs I've ever seen. That is really interesting. I don't think I've ever seen something like that. The actual CD, again, Paulo bringing the physical merch uh, into the studio here, and the actual CD uh, is—it's not circular. It's—it's it's kind of like a jagged uh, spider web shape. And there's got to be CD players that you put that in, and it wouldn't even play, right? Yeah, exactly. It would, yeah, yeah that's... I'd be scared to put this on the car. I would be. I'd be scared to put that in any CD player uh, that I would ever want to use again because it might not come back out. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah, is some wild merch right there. Yeah, this is the same label that put out uh, the uh, the pathologist. Oh, really? Yeah, same well, label that put out pathologist. Wow. Uh, Bizarre Lepers Records. Yeah, Bizarre Lepers. Uh, that's that's just a lit. Bizarre Lepers Productions. Anyone that's uh, wants to tap into the nitty gritty obscure of the scene, the, the the little underbelly of the death metal grindcore scene. Bizarre Lepers Productions from the Czech Republic. Man, right. they they've put out some insane gore grind and ping death metal and. Weird shit over the years. They've been putting out even like the uh, catasexual urge motivation issues, man. Wow. Yeah, I haven't been on their website recently. They probably have a lot of new shit. They never took themselves seriously. Yeah. So, like, it reflects in their, you know, their, their life. Their yeah, music. again, there's just kind of a sense of humor, uh, kind of like a down to earth quality that a lot of these bands uh, had despite being insanely talented and putting out some really quality music. Another one that comes to mind is. Um, Mincing fury and guttural clamor of queer decay. Yes, that, and that they have a one of the members. Topi. Topi, yeah, from is this band. Also, yeah, 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 yeah. And like that, that's like almost like a super group of Czech grind bands. Because like Yarda from Alienation Mental is in that too. Mm-hmm. And like Kathy of Flame shares members with I, certain groups, right? That's oh yeah, yeah. Bands, yeah. Uh, Cult of Fire is a drummer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Pigsty from the Czech Republic. Didn't, didn't they pronounce it Pigsty? Pigsty. Pigsty. Yeah, that's right. Pigsty. Pigsty. Yeah, Pigsty or Pigsty. We, whichever way you slice it, great band from the Czech Republic. Tom, what do you got, man? Take me back. Alright, I'm going in. Oh. Oh, wow. We're going nuts here. This guy. Yes. Alright. I'm gonna have some fun tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Let him know. So, like we were just talking before, uh, Pigsty, Pigsty, uh, they're having fun with what they're doing. I also brought in a band that has a lot of fun, and that is Frightmare. And this yeah. is their album, Midnight Murder Mania. Was this on Razorback Records? It yep. was, yes. Long Island, that's a Long Island-based label. Oh, it is? Uh, what, yeah. it, it was when it first began. I know uh, both both people run uh, that were running that label um, relocated and, uh, you know, the, whatever happened. But, yeah, that was uh, Billy Nocera and Jill Girardi uh, began that label on Long Island and um, released the first Ghoul album, Machitazo, Gruesome Stuff Relish, and, of course, Frightmare, amongst other bands. Yeah. Yeah. Counter Medical Examiners... Yeah, County Medical Exam, another label to go back and really look at, uh, yeah. Razorback Records, but let's talk about Frightmare. Yeah, let's get in there. It's uh, So this album came out March 3rd, 2003. Mm. It's a really, really nice mix of kind of gory grind, but also thrash influence, yes. and some very yeah. strange, like, surfer punk influence throughout yeah. this album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they're having a good time, and it kind of, like... It's like a roller coaster. You're listening to some blast beats one minute, and then you got some fucking like 
Ramon style, like, you know, want to be sedated. It's great. Mm. That, that's what this label kind of specialized in was like, uh, you know, Impetigo, but also like old school thrashy death metal, but also like very punk raw, you know, like B horror movie tongue in cheek type yeah. stuff. You know, they're, they're like there's a lot of like, you know, like zombies on skateboards playing thrash metal or something, man. You know, they, they had a lot of fun with this label. Yeah, and there's uh, all kinds of samples, horror samples riddled throughout. Uh, they're looking to have a good time. And uh, one thing I want to point out, well, actually two things that I really appreciate about this album. Uh, as a guitarist, I think the guitar work is yeah, uh, a lot of fun, a lot of variety. Uh, uh, he He's the other vocalist, uh, but he, he doesn't really do a lot of vocals, but like Dave, our nano, I think is also in this band. When he does his 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 insane uh, inhales, mm-hmm. oh my god, it's yeah. so like bowel moving. Yeah, right. It's it, there's like a like this moist feeling. It's like the it's like yeah. Ugh. You have those like awesome like uh, catchy riffs too. Like that, like it hooks you literally. Yeah, uh, I like good catchy riffs. You know, yeah. you, I don't think you have to like sacrifice being brutal and just writing crazy shit that you can't follow all the time. Like, you can write brutal fucking shit that's catchy. Right. And this is point in case. If this album's rad, check it out. Brightmare. Razorback Records, man. Very, uh, great, nostalgic, like, schlocky, campy. I think campy. Campy. Campy yeah, is the ideal word yes. for Razorback Records. Yeah. Um, and uh, again, man, you know, look at Ghoul where they are now. I never would have thought a Razorback Records band would have really crossed over the way they did. Yeah. Not to disparage them or the label, but the label just had such um, fun, humble beginnings, uh, you know, putting out re- releases like this that were really for fun and nostalgia. So It's like the trauma films of record. Yeah, yes. it is a lot like trauma yeah. films. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Like trauma films and this kind of go hand in hand, man. If you're a fan of Impetigo, too, Impetigo, uh, very big influence on, on all this stuff, man. Frightmare. Peep it. Bringing up uh, something from my throwback album that is very nostalgic. Uh, got some good memories uh, that Paula was there for. I'm talking about the band Bile and their EP, yes. The Shed. Uh, now, I'm from Long Island, so a lot of people, when I say Bile, they think I'm talking about the uh, industrial, nope. uh, experimental kind of band from the 90s. But I'm talking about Bile. Where are they from? Paula Holland? Netherlands, yeah. Netherlands. Yeah. Bile from the Netherlands uh, with their EP The Shed. They later, maybe they, I don't know the reason, maybe they became aware of the other Bile and they changed their name to Skullhog after this uh, they got sued. A, a few releases. They got sued. Right. Okay, so they, they, yeah, they dropped the lawsuit on them. Uh, but back when they were called Bile, they put out this EP The Shed. 
And it's not altogether different from my new recommendation, uh, bowel erosion, because it's just traditional uh, purist gore grind. However, where it is different is this is a little bit more, um, a little bit more of that death metal influence in your gore grind. Uh, they they had a lot of that um, kind of we were talking about before about the Polish and uh, influence on Czech gore grind. There, there's that kind of European, almost like a polka stomp. Right. Uh, or like an old school hardcore kind of like, you know, like circle pit mosh, uh, like, like a march um, rhythm that they use a lot. And then they alternate it with a lot of uh, death metal riffing. Not not very technical, not very complex, but just enough death metal to, to give you kind of that like old school vibe to it. It's so primitive, man. Yeah, really simplistic and primitive. Uh, I remember buying this, I believe, sometime around the 2004 Maryland Death Fest. It came out in 2000 on um, So It Is Done Records. Uh, and then there was a, a reissue in 06 on No Escape, so maybe you could find this somewhere. But um, it's it, it's just really good traditional gore grind. I remember being really into it, and it, it took me kind of by... Um, it captivated me when it first came out. This band definitely reminds me of Mortician. Like, the way with the, the use of the samples. But, like, when they finally... Uh, dude, how... Sludgy, the bass is. Yeah, it reminds yeah. me of like Will Raymer's tone in Mortician. Yeah, mm. yeah. And I, it's like so, like it fills up the whole entire like room, uh, uh, and it, it just shakes everything. This is like definitely like, like you have the groovy, fun Gorgon. Like these these guys are groovy, but like they're dead serious. Yeah, yeah. And this is also, uh, I remember this like we were talking before. This was around the time Last Days of Humanity was really starting to blow up and and uh, right. push the drumming to new levels. And what I really like about this is it it, it kind of has that vibe um, that 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 vibe that was very modern then. It was pushing it a little further than Dead Infection or Last Days of Humanity did. But they retained a lot of that kind of you know slowed down chunkiness. Uh, maybe even um, in a lot of parts sounding like that German gore grind like Mucky Purulent or Gut right. or CBT would do where it's just real real chunky boom bat boom bat boom you know um, and, and again man it, like there's this it's not an album I can really elaborate on that much more than to just talk about how brutal and primitive it is and for like gore grind connoisseurs it, it's like it, there's elements of last days of humanity there's elements of mortician and they just all have this they come together to make a real nice chunky stew like, you know to me, like Bile has the like this one and, and the uh, the album after this has the best pitch of the vocals, cause like, oh, listen to that bass, it's so oh, ignorant. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I'll, back to what you were saying about the vocals, cause I I'm I'm thinking what you're about to say, it, it, dude. It's so sludgy and disgusting. It's so wet. Yeah, there's something about like that two tone pitch thing that's right. just mixed perfectly and it's bubbly and it's like it's so bubbly, dude. Yeah. And like, this is my favorite pitch of the vocals in, in, in a Gorgram band. Oh. Yep. And the, the, another thing about this release is the artwork. Um, very, very much uh, not gore, not explicit. It's just kind of like this creepy black and white grayscale picture of a, of an old house, I guess, with a, sh a shed adjoining it. And it's... Um, it's not brutally explicit. It's brutally suggestive. Yeah. There's is this... I like creepy. that, though. Is I, it creepy. at Dean's house? Is it? It could be. Uh, yeah, you know what, man? That would make a lot of sense if it's like some famous serial killer house or Ed Gein's house. I could see that. That actually makes it even more kind of suggestive and creepy, man. But Wisconsin I, I in the house. Yeah, I, I always love that cover. Just kind of like this snow-covered, creepy old cabin <laughs> shed, you know? 
But, uh, Shed. you know, then you read the song titles, you find out what's going on in the house. The fleshing of bones, smashed and battered. What's oh. that? Did you oh. hear the other album after this? What's that? It's so interesting. Like, the way, like, it's, like, mixed, hard pan, guitar, right? Uh, bass, hard left. Ooh, I'd like to listen to that in headphones and see what that's like. Dude, yeah. Well, I hear what he means, though. There's, like, it's definitely more to one side than the other with the guitars. Yeah. yeah. It's not as off-putting as I pictured. You know what it is? That the the bass is just so distorted. It has that, like, high end that fills it in. So. Yeah. But I really love the vocals when the vocals are panned like that. It makes, makes like, the, uh, Chapter of Accents by Dead Infection yes. has hard panning on the pitch shifters like that. And that, that it makes all the difference. Right. Ping! Yeah. So ignorant. Yeah, I mean, we might have to have you and Dan Olivenzi in to do a gore grind episode. Yeah. Uh, Bio definitely is one of those bands from the, uh, the early 2000s that, that was like the, I don't know, maybe the third or, or fourth wave of gore grind. I, I don't know who's, who's keeping track, but that was definitely a thing, man. This is awesome. Yeah. All right, so Bile. Check out Bile or later Skullhog when they change their name, man. That's, that's my old school recommendation, bro. Yeah. Hell yeah. This is actually better than The Shed. We learned quite a bit from you tonight, Paulo, um, and uh, we're going to have to have you back for like part two of this ping thing. We're going to have to bring you in for a gore grind episode. Yeah. There, there's a lot going on here, Paulo, man. We appreciate your time. We appreciate you coming out to the studio tonight and, um, and sharing all this stuff with us. If any of our listeners are interested in any of your projects that we mentioned or that they want to get in touch, what, what can they do? Where can they find you and uh, you know, find your resources? They can just send me an email through the label. Uh, that's um, p2 at gmail.com a p2 label at gmail.com alright yeah. so, so Paulo Paguntalan our very special guest tonight man uh, man, man of uh, very many bands and obviously a man quite knowledgeable in uh, underground death metal so thank, this- dude, I, I just want to say like guys thank you so much for letting me be a part of this Tom nice meeting you of course man I, I'm excited to have you back. I want to pick your brain more, or as Will does so well for me and the listeners. If there's one, if awesome. there's, I know how to pick my polo. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So, uh, you know, just signing off uh, again. So so much to listen to. I'm probably going to go back to this episode and make a list of these bands and a lot of this crazy stuff we talked about, man. So thanks a lot for checking out and uh, taking this ride around the world with us and Paulo tonight. Heavy Hole Podcast. What's the Twitter, Tom? We're at Heavy Hole Pod on Twitter. And uh, we're also, uh, the, you know, the Heavy Hole Podcast on Facebook. Uh, you can look for me on Facebook, on any any of my band's Facebook accounts, or uh, Death Metal Will, at Frog Vocals on Facebook, all that stuff, man. Drop me an email, biolich at AOL.com, if you really want to get old school. Uh, yeah, you can also shoot us an email directly at heavyholepodcast at gmail.com. We also have the Instagram up now. And, yeah, feel free to let us know what you think, and... We will also be reading listener recommendations for albums soon. So uh, keep them coming. Yeah, get in touch. Let us know what's going on. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. All that hot shit. Peace.